If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. Seven Lamb Productions presents The Walk Episode 10 The awkwardness of chasing Liz's fight lasted two days. When we took breaks, they would sit away from each other. Anders would make a joke that wouldn't land just to make things more awkward. It wasn't until we hit the Montana state line that things loosened up a bit. Liz and Chase started talking more and things relaxed. We all took a pick under the small Montana sign that hung from an overpass. I again received a text from Isaac congratulating us. I talked to Isaac while we walked. He informed me that the job hunt was still a go. If we make it back before that fucker finds a job, I swear. When we crossed into Montana, it was our 30th day of walking, and boy, did it feel like a month. Although we were now averaging 25 miles a day, which probably made Chase happy. The day after we entered Montana, I decided not to listen to anything. I put my iPod and my phone away, and we just enjoyed the view. While we were walking along the interstate and the traffic was noisy as hell, it did have some fantastic views. Views you could never see in Florida. I was able to drown out the noise of traffic and think. I thought about the vast wilderness and the open blue sky. Montana was known as Big Sky Country. The sun was out, but it wasn't hot. There was a slight breeze that would waft by every so often. Because I wasn't listening to anything, my mind wandered. I thought about Liz and Chase and their fight. I thought about Liz and our night. I thought about Chase proposing, but then my mind wandered further. I missed Isaac. Even though we had been walking without Isaac for a long time, it still felt odd. I thought about the first time I met Isaac, Nanders, and Chase. Would we all remain friends? We've been friends for a long time, but I also had other friends that disappeared from my life. Would that happen with them? When I got back home, I'd be searching for a job. Work would surely get in the way. Liz talked about moving. I'm not sure why all these thoughts were racing through my mind. That's when I thought about my writing. This is the kind of thing I needed to include. My thoughts, my feelings. I stopped walking and pulled my journal from my backpack. What are you doing? Liz walked up behind me. Getting my journal. All this scenery sparking some ideas? Yeah, actually. Good. She smiled and walked past me. I grabbed my pen and started writing. While we walked, I jotted down my thoughts. I was careful to watch where I was going. No need to walk into traffic. While I wrote, I thought about what all should be included in my story. Should I include Isaac, Anders, Liz and Chase? Should I mention Chase and Liz's fights? Should I mention my feelings for Liz? Should I mention our night together? I was planning on writing this as a non-fiction, but would that be wise? What if Chase or Liz were ever to read it? I closed the journal and shoved it back into my bag. I definitely needed to be careful. I was still unsure how everything would play out. Would we finish the walk? Would Chase and Liz be engaged soon? Would she ever tell Chase about... us? Guys, look at this view. We all jumped the railing and made our way to a rocky ledge. The view was amazing. A large valley covered in tall pines. We were higher up than I thought. We dropped our packs and sat on the edge. Chase put his arm around Liz. They kissed. Makeup complete. How can you not enjoy this view? Who said they weren't enjoying it? It was rhetorical. 
I'm gonna go take some pictures. You know, at one point, everything looked like this. No roads, no buildings, no cities or towns. And at one time, there were fucking dinosaurs and a supercontinent. What's your point? My point is, eventually, this may not be here. As a population grows, we lose more and more of this every day. Nature's disappearing. <laughs> Nature will always be around. You don't know that. People destroy. But some people plant trees. Not enough. We sat in silence for a few minutes. I was surprised Anders was so quiet. I looked over at Chase, who was staring at the valley, unblinking. Liz finished taking pictures and rested her head on Chase's shoulder. A car pulled up on the shoulder behind us. A middle-aged woman with curly hair stepped out. You guys hungry? I'm always hungry. The lady pulled out two bags from her front seat. I own a barbecue restaurant not far from here. I saw you guys walking the last two days, so I decided to bring you some food. Oh, that's so nice of you. Where are you heading to? Key West. No kidding. Nope. Hope you like barbecue. I have four meals, mixed plates. Got chicken, pulled pork, ribs, mac and cheese, green beans, cornbread, and some hush puppies. And I brought plenty of napkins. We all thanked the lady. She asked a few more questions about our walk before taking off. We sat on the rocky ledge and ate. We've met nothing but nice people. Hope it stays that way. We still have a lot of country to walk through. After I finished my meal, my stomach instantly hurt. It had been a while since I ate that much food at one time. Where are we supposed to throw this stuff away? Just tie the bag to your backpack. We'll throw it away in the next town. You mean we have to carry trash? You better not litter, Anders. I know, I know, Chase. Nature is everything. Three days passed, and Chase and Liz were back to talking like nothing happened. Liz promised to stop smoking, and Chase believed her. We were heading into Missoula. It would be the biggest city since Coeur d'Alene. All last week was small towns and woods. While we were able to stock up on supplies at gas stations every so often, we all looked forward to hitting a Safeway or Walmart, both of which were in Missoula. See that? That guy just flipped us off. That makes number four. Man, Montana really hates hikers. That lady brought us food, though. Yeah, but four people have flipped us off, and that one guy at that gas station called us assholes. There has to be a reason. Other than assholes doing asshole things? We were about ten miles away from Missoula around two. I felt my phone vibrate. I pulled it out of my pocket. Shit. Daddy. Yeah. Why don't you want to talk to your dad? Not down for a scolding. You don't think he would be proud you made it as far as Montana? No, not at all. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I know. I guess I'm lucky. My parents supported my decision. I mean, they said it was dumb, but they still supported me. Why is this dumb? It's just not something people do when they graduate. That's what makes it great. I know, babe. We walked into the 30 minutes when a car pulled in front of us. A tall guy with brown hair and glasses stepped out. He looked to be about 30. He wore thin jeans and a flannel shirt. Hey, you guys need a ride? No, we're okay. Thanks, though. 
Really? You got a long walk ahead of you. Uh, yeah, we know. The man gave us an odd look. Wait, are you guys going to the Rainbow Gathering? The what? You aren't? No, we're walking across the country. Really? Huh. That's interesting. We have to walk the whole way. Do you need a place to stay for the night? I mean, we were going to walk through Missoula today. I live in Missoula. I just picked up this guy from the airport. The man pointed into his car, but we couldn't see another person. And now I'm going to pick up a friend. They're going to the Rainbow Gathering tomorrow. But you guys are welcome to stay the night as well. My home is always open. Do you have enough beds? Plenty. I own a commune. What's a commune? Hugh explained what a commune was to Anders. That was the man's name, Hugh. He had set up a commune on his property. Several people lived with him, and he was expanding part of his house to include another bedroom. His house sat on a large plot of land. He had several sheds, two-car garage, and a few fenced-off areas that held both sheep and cows. Here we are. We entered his home and walked into a cluttered hallway. Hanging on the walls were some small slabs of wood with carved names. Everyone who stays here carves their name into the wall. This is neat. Look at this one, babe. Several pieces had drawings, and several had carvings of animals and trees. Some were even painted. Do we have to carve? You could paint or write your name if you want. Just put your name in the date you were here. We won't do it now. I'll show you your rooms first. Just do it before you leave. Will do. This is very cool, man. I remember when you started this. I filled out the first one. Fernando and Jesse were last inside. Fernando was the guy Hugh picked up from the airport. He'd flown all the way from Puerto Rico just to attend this rainbow gathering. He explained it was becoming one with nature and being free, living with a community in the woods. He met Hugh on a couch surfing website and decided to stay a day before heading out into the wilderness. Jesse was Hugh's friend from a small town outside Missoula. Jesse was also attending the rainbow gathering. You sure you guys don't want to join for the rainbow gathering? We're okay. Hope we didn't turn you off with all that spiritual talk. No, just not a at little. All. Anders. I figured, it's not just a bunch of hippies making out with trees, I promise you. Nah, not at all, very laid back. But it's about being part of a community that wants to be happy and friendly, you know? It's about hanging out and being one with nature. We're already one with nature. We've been sleeping on the side of the highway for a long time. But there, there you cannot hear cars. Let them get settled and then try to convince them. Let me show you to your rooms. I doubted Jesse or Fernando could convince Chase to go. It was hard enough to convince him to stop walking and go to this commune. Liz made the argument that this trip was about experiences as well as challenges. Anders claimed he wanted to sleep in a bed. Chase eventually caved and we hopped in Hugh's car, but only after Hugh promised to drive us right back to the spot where he picked us up. There is one king-size bed in here, and down the hall, we have a queen-size. Let Anders and John have the king-size. We have to share a bed again? I have twin beds upstairs, but I think Jesse and Fernando are claiming those. I have a fold-out couch. No, it's fine. I'm getting used to snuggling up with this guy. Oh, that means so much. Well, we're besties now. You're besties? We are now. I glared at Anders as he grinned ear to ear. There's a bathroom down the hall. You guys are welcome to shower, and you're welcome to anything in the fridge. There are five other people living here right now. Wow. You sure it's okay we stay? We don't want to take up room. Hey, the more the merrier. Carol has some special vegan items in the fridge, but they're all marked with her name. 
everything else is up for grabs. We share everything here. That's really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's cool what you're doing. Not a lot of people can say they walked across the country. Very cool. Thanks. Here, let me show you to your room now. Hugh led Liz and Chase down the hall. Was it me, or did that guy give a weird look when he said, we share everything here? I think it's just you. I don't know, man. I bet you they have some weird eyes wide shut parties here. I think if they were into anything weird, it would be more like the Wicker Man. You think that? You think that they dress up like rabbits and foxes and burn people? How's that feel, right? Let's sleep with a locked door tonight. But Anders, they probably have a key. You're right, fuck. We all showered and then Hugh introduced us to everyone in the house. Carol was an older lady with gray curly hair. She was goofy and friendly and excited to hear about our trek. Then there was Thomas and Jill, who were brother and sister, who moved here a year ago. They definitely seemed like hippies. Talking about peace and love and how people needed to pull together to make this world a better place. And then there was Jay, who was a scrawny dude with a shaved head. He had just come inside from feeding the sheep. He loved animals and talked about how he had almost become a veterinarian, but dropped that to become a farmer. But then he said he quit farming after a flood had washed his crops out. So he sold his farmland and moved from Massachusetts to Montana. Last was Harold. Harold was a homeless man that Hugh met downtown. Hugh offered up his house as long as Harold helped with the chores. Harold agreed. He had long, shaggy hair, thick, uneven beard, and two missing teeth. He still looked like a homeless guy, even though he said he'd moved in a year ago. We all sat around the large dining table and ate dinner. Fernando and Jesse had joined, too. Thomas and Jill had made a pot roast. This is really good. Thank you. You guys should stick around tomorrow. I don't know. Not for the gathering. Don't worry about it. We know people aren't fond of this thing. Really? Oh, you should see the dirty looks we get. Every time we hold the gathering, a lot of the city folk throw fits. How do they know who goes to the gathering? <laughs> it's not hard to spot a gather. I mean, we all wear tie-dye t-shirts and antique jewelry. Everyone dresses like a hippie, man. <laughs> and everyone carries a backpack and a sleeping bag. Hey, that explains everyone flipping us off. Oh yeah, they probably thought you were gatherers. Forget the rainbow gathering. A bunch of us are going to take the bikes out and ride downtown tomorrow. They're having a beer and wine tasting. Should be fun. How many bikes do you have? Yeah, I'm somewhat of a junk collector. Doesn't seem messy in here. Thanks to Carol. She keeps me in check. All my junk is in the sheds and garage. Yard sales are where I spend most of my time. Don't you have something like 20 bikes? Right? 20? At least. You should see how many car and boat parts he has, too. You have a boat? Yeah, but it's in parts. Babe? What? We should have a rest day tomorrow. I don't know. We didn't walk much yesterday. Hugh still has to drive us back to where he picked us up. That's not a problem. I promised I would. But I will be taking Jesse and Fernando to the Rainbow Gathering the day after tomorrow. I could easily drop you guys off then if you'd like to hang out. I haven't been bike riding since I was 12. I may have one with training wheels still attached. I know you're joking, but that might be a good idea. What do you guys think? I'm fine with staying. We hadn't had a rest day in a while. Is the beer and wine tasting free? It's like five bucks, but I'll pay. Then I'm down for a drinking day. I mean, rest day. Okay, I guess that's fine. Everyone could sense the reluctancy in Chase's voice, but a rest day sounded good, as long as these people didn't turn out to be rabbit face arsonists. After dinner, we all sat down and drank cider, sharing life stories. At one point, I excused myself from the table and went to the bathroom.
I almost bumped into Liz as I left the bathroom. Jesus! Oh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, I just didn't know anyone was there. You scared me. I slid past her. Hey, John? Yeah? Can we talk a second? Just real quick. Okay. I wanted to... I wanted to apologize for how I was at Jazz Night. How were you? I don't want to come off as a bitch. I'm not sure what this is in reference to. John, I like you. As a friend, I get it. Right, but that doesn't mean that... It doesn't mean that I don't like you. I just... With everything and... What are you trying to say? Nothing. Never mind. Sorry. Liz shut the door and I went back to the dining room. I'm pretty sure I knew what she wanted to say. She didn't have feelings for me. That's all. And although I already knew that, it sure didn't ease the pain hearing her stumble through explaining it. At midnight, Anders and I went to our room and got ready for bed. You okay, man? Yeah, why? You seem off. Remember, your bestie is right here. Thanks. I turned onto my side. Oh, shit. What? Andre jumped out of bed and made his way to the door. Just in case. Night, Anders. Good night, sweetie. The Walk Written by Robert M. Lamb Edited by Dylan Whitehead Starring Jack Austin as John Nick Engelhard as Chase Ariel Zadok as Liz Robert M. Lamb as Anders Jose Caraballo as Isaac Co-starring Mark Gooch Brian Messick, Ryan Grossjean, Brett Wilkins, April Cadmus Marsh, Willis Harris, Megan Austin, and Ray Rojas. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Dylan Mixer at DMixMusic.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. This has been a Seven Lamb production. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. 
Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories if you're brave enough. (laughs) 